Welcome to Loylander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet, or anywhere. I'm your host, Megan. And this week, I am your host, Joe. This year, all year, I am your host, Joe. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Apologies, my my voice is a little bit rough. It's my um, fault. It is Joe's fault. I now have his cold from last week, so... Unfortunately, my voice is going to sound a little grainy, but I am excited to talk about this episode, 409, entitled The Birds and the Bees. Right, and this episode is brought to you by nobody, and that's how we like it. That's right. So before we get into it, I just want to explain for anyone who may be listening for the first time. Welcome. Welcome. I am a huge Outlander fan, love the TV series, have read the books, not Thoroughly, because I do find the books to be a bit um, wordy and verbose at times, but I, I, do, I do my best and I, I do skim them and I read them and I, I love the characters. My husband, Joe, Hi. watches the show with me because I'm such a huge fan and I want to talk about it, but he does not love the show. She makes me watch it. He appreciates it when it, when it is amazing, which it is frequently, <laughs> But sometimes it's a struggle for him. This is one of the times. Which is unbelievable because this episode was so incredible to me and to, I think, most Outlander fans. But I just wanted to explain that before we get into it. Because people may expect you to say, you know, welcome to Loinlander. This episode was incredible. Let's get into it. I'm blown away. But that's not really the dynamic of this podcast, right? So correct. I, that's very correct. Yeah. So uh, I will yeah. go on and on. Yeah. And when, when, when necessary. And as we've established, if I find something to be good, I will say it's good. Right. I, I don't. It's not like I just pile on this show and just call it a shit sandwich twenty four seven. Right. If I find that there's something of quality, I'll one hundred percent give it credit for it. Right. Okay. <laughs> now on with the show. Now on with the show. So this episode was written for television by Matt B. Roberts and Tony Graffia. So you know right off the hop. It's going to suck. No. Oh, sorry. That it's a really, really important one. Because right. these are the two head writers at That's this right. point. And they took the reins and wrote this themselves. It was directed by David Moore, who directed both of the ship episodes from season three. The shit episodes? The, sh- <laughs> the ship episodes the ones on the boat the ones on the boat that's gotcha. correct so he has some experience in the outlander universe right when it comes to writing about ships that's right so the title shot um shows a bunch of bees and they're getting yeah. honey on flowers what's the episode called the birds and the bees just the first a of little on the nose many a little on the nose on the nose heavy-handed metaphors Yet to come in this grandiose episode of Outlander. Well, I am very excited to talk about this episode. I know you are. Because it was wonderful, with a capital W. So it begins right after the horrendous rape from the last episode. That's right. So you see Brianna stumbling into her shared room with Lizzie. Mm-hmm. And she's, I mean, she's in a bad state. She's bleeding you were surprised when you saw that. You were like, oh, hello. Yeah. Like, you were, it's yeah, no, upsetting. It's not good. And she's injured. She's got bruises on her back. She's shaking. And I'm going to say it. Sophie Skelton does well she in this scene. She looks really visibly shaken and upset. And Lizzie says, did he hurt you? And no shit, Lizzie. She's got 
bruises all up and down her back. Liz- she is bleeding. Lizzie is super annoying. She is annoying at that point. But then when Brandon gets into bed, I actually thought it was really sweet. Lizzie says, you have my hand here and my ear if you want it. Lizzie. And honestly, what else do you want sorry. from someone? Sorry, Brianna does not want No, she just wants her, her to go to sleep. Or, she wants her to shut the she hell up. She keeps saying, go to sleep, go to sleep, yeah. go to sleep. Uh, the next morning, Roger enters the same place that Brianna is staying. Mm-hmm. So she must have lodgings like above that pub. That's right. Yeah. And a lot of people were happy about this. They thought it was important for us to see that Roger didn't in fact leave. He just, because you know, that was when he stormed away, he was saying, why don't I just go away back to 1970s? Why don't I go back to the stones? And she said, nobody's stopping you. So Brianna thought he'd actually, I mean, I guess gone back to his own time. Right. Right. But there he was the next morning coming back. So a lot of people were happy to see this. I was still upset with him for leaving her alone the night yeah, before. Yeah, I mean, I think as a character, uh, he was coming back to basically try and force Brianna to go with him back to modern times. And there's yeah. more hints later on in the episode that that is his plan. Oh, 100%. That's what his plan was. So that's still like Dicky possessive Roger. In my opinion. I know. That's still... I mean, Roger didn't get a lot of character development in the show. Just basically a lot of oppression and shit-kicking. So we didn't, we don't really get to see where that's going quite yet. But we'll see. But but he's not... I don't think he redeemed himself because... Just I, because he showed up the next morning? Yeah. To, to collect his property. Oh, I know. I know. It's yeah. garbage. It's not romantic. I don't find it romantic anyway. Stephen Bennett is down there and he's eating breakfast and he basically forces Roger to get back on the boat. He says, limb or lass? Yeah, yeah. So Roger's like, no, I'm going to stay. And Steve Bonnet's like, uh, no, you are still coming with us to Philadelphia and then you can do whatever you want. And what did you think of Stephen Bonnet in this I mean, scene? I, I like this character. He's kind of, he's the only thing that's sort of uh interesting and, and creating conflict in the show so he's very necessary uh at the moment he's super over the top and like you know almost to the point of like if he had a mustache he would twist it while yep. he was talking yep. uh but but we need it but you need you know i complained all last season that there was no no bad guy and now they've given me one so so yeah it, it, it's better than nothing yeah what did you think of Roger in this scene? Typical oh, Roger, great. standard, he was very, very well acted. This scene. I mean, I guess he was fine. So, Brianna sleeps in until quote the noon bells have rung, right? As Lizzie says, and Brianna gets up and she wants to leave right away. Lizzie wants to stay and allow her to recover, but why would she want to stay in that place where she's been violated any longer than she has to? Yeah, exactly. What did you think of Sophie Skelton in the scene? Uh, she's getting up and she's like getting her. She's like, you didn't need to clean my. my yeah, I mean, I mean, she was. Saw, I, I don't, I don't know. I'll, she, I'll answer. Please tell me because I doesn't I, move her lip. She wasn't moving her lips, which is fine. I mean, Sophie Skelton. She's well, she doing. She's been punched in the lip. She was. I feel like that's the way. Is that is that? Face. I feel like she emotes by not moving her mouth when she talks. 
And was she punched? I don't want to be rude, but I don't think she was punched in the mouth. I think she was punched in the nose. It wasn't her she, mouth. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to get into that. I think she should be able to move her lips when okay. she's talking. All right, then. And she wasn't. That bothered me a little bit. Okay. But other than that, she played this beautifully. Excellent. She runs after Roger's ship because she goes downstairs and learns that he's been in there, but he's left. So right. she thinks he's getting on the ship to go back to Scotland, probably, to go through the stones like he said he would. Yeah. That's got to hurt. Yeah. She seemed happy that he'd come. I think... Because she somehow thinks she drove him away. Well, she said, no one's stopping you, right? Right. But she, yeah, she, she explains later to Claire that she feels guilty that, that he left, which is effed up. But anyway, it is. whatever. It is. Lizzie comes running after her and tells her, good news, her parents were in Wilmington last night. That's right. What do you think of the character of Lizzie? I hate her. I hate the character of Lizzie. Why? She's basically, it's kind of the same thing with um, Roger and Brianna where I, I just, there's no development. There's no, like, why is this rando girl traveling with... Uh, I, I like I kind of understand the story like but there's there's been no moments with them at all I really wish there had been well they're sharing they're sharing no lodgings. I know but they're like sharing a bed they... they're supposed to be friends I guess at I, this I don't, point, I don't yeah. really understand but but maybe like include a scene where they actually do something friendly with each other they yeah. did they showed Lizzie trying to care for her after her violation all right well I'm not buying it I find the character super annoying okay in any event, Lizzie tells her, essentially, that Jamie is right around the corner. So Brianna right. goes running to him. Because of course he is. Yeah. Now, I've been waiting for this. Mm-hmm. People call it a reunion, but it's not a reunion because they've never... They've never met. They've never been together. Yeah. They've never union, so you can't <clears throat> reunion. Yeah. But I have to say that I loved this. I know you did. I watched. You love it. I loved it. Yeah. It was exactly as described in the books. Good. And I, just because if they had if they had come up with that on their own, I'd have Well apparently been Tony Graffia said that she wrote something that was a little bit different and Meryl Davis was like, No, it has to be exactly like the books. That was a shitty call. You don't know that. You might not have liked Tony Graffia's version. Maybe not. Unless it was like and then he turned around and still had his thing out like that would be worse but other than that like yeah it, wasn't... it really bothered you when we were watching what? it it's and like it's so stupid like couldn't you have because... been loading a cart like you could sub anything else in there like it really tying a bag like anything why do you have to be pissing against a wall when your daughter and then up? yeah like it was it's funny because mm. i was expecting it because i've read be the funny? book funny like, no. why would you write that? Like, if you're sitting there writing, you're like, and then Jamie is pissing against the wall in the middle of a bright open alley, and his daughter comes up, and then they have, like, this awesome reunion. Like, who the, f- who thinks that way? Like, I don't know. I don't, I you don't. You were very surprised that he was peeing. You actually it, turned and said, is this what happens in the book when they showed him peeing yeah, and she came up to him? It's just so, it's like, way to just take me personally out of that scene completely. It's because now I'm not thinking about the reunion. I'm thinking about how weird it is that there's some girl standing behind him while he's peeing. Well, he thought the it was wall. weird too. Yeah, it's but it like I don't know. Maybe it was meant to be funny. It wasn't. 
It's not but meant then, to be funny, but he is caught off. Like, he basically, I don't know if you noticed how dismissive he was of her. Yeah, he's like, leave me. I'm peeing against a wall. And it's then when he walked away, she kind of grabs him. Right, he's like, no, I'm married, and I was just peeing. I have to go wash my hands. And she's like, no, I would like to, I'm your daughter. And he's like, cool, let me touch your face with my piss hands. And then he did. A lot. That's all I could think of in this scene. So I watched Piss this. Hands reunion. I watched this episode without Joe. And you watch I, every episode without Joe yes. for good reason. And I cried and I loved it. And then when I was watching it with him, he blurts out, has he washed his hands? <laughs> he just had his hands around his dick and now they're on his face. There's a term in men's washrooms. It's called piss mitts. It's when you see a guy go to the bathroom and he doesn't wash his hands before he leaves. It's gross. And that's all I could think of was... Piss mints. Okay, he but just, nobody washed their hands back then. Everyone was filthy. I don't and also, care. Also, James Fraser. I don't care about that. He doesn't need to wash his hands because his, his area probably smells like chocolate roses. brownies and chocolate roses. Brownies. I don't know. It's okay. fine. It doesn't. It's not gross because it's Jamie Fraser's. It's way, fine. Chocolate brownies and roses would be gross together. It wouldn't be an amazing combination, no. but it would be better than the alternative, probably. Dirty Scott piss. Anyway, so it so it pulled me out of this it scene. Really did pull you out, and that's unfortunate because it was a beautiful scene. It was beautifully acted by Sam Hewen, who I thought looked every every year his age that he's supposed to be playing. I also felt they looked too close in age. Well, and that's what caught me off guard is when I was watching it with you. You said he looks way too young to have someone that old as his daughter, and I disagreed when I looked at the two of them and him looking down at her. I thought, yeah, this looks like a man who's 47 years old and whose daughter is 21. Like, I buy that. I could buy them in a different, those two actors in a different series where she's the love interest. Really? Yeah, I thought that's how close they looked in age. And it was kind of awkward. Whereas, next scene. Next scene. When she meets Claire, which I thought was a good scene. Oh, did you like that? I like this one where he's like, Sassanak, and she like. Sees Brianna and she drops her little basket and she's super stunned and she looks old. She does look she old. She looks old as shit and she hugs Brianna and they look like mother daughter. Mother daughter. And but I thought it was a good scene. So that's the scene that Tony Graffia rewrote. So in the book, Claire comes around the corner and she hears Jamie say Sassanek and she turns and looks. And of course, in the book, Brianna and Jamie look so alike. That she at first, she, Jamie's Brianna. No, she just thinks she's seeing double. Like that's her first thought. Is she's like, "What's going on? Why is he? Why are there two red-haired, ponytailed people that's sitting side by side?" And then she Brianna's realizes, Brianna is here. Right. So, and that was very, very significant. And that's Tony Graffia, I guess, wrote a scene where it was that they were walking towards her with the backlit sun, and Meryl Davis was like, "No, everyone knows that Claire turns around. They're sitting side by side on a bench." It doesn't seem that exciting, but that's how people envision it. So it's good that that you actually liked that reunion. Right. So and, sorry, what happened in the show is what happened in the book. Exactly. Okay, good. Well, exactly. It was good. And I'm glad that you enjoyed the Claire and Brianna reunion. I did. Because I also enjoyed it. Yeah. And I love how Claire just looks dumbfounded. Yeah. Like she drops her basket of... That was a great reaction. It was a great reaction. Yeah. And then I like that she tells them about the obituary right off the hop when they're standing right there. She shows them the obituary, and it's just like, that's out of the way. You die. Yeah. And yeah. Jamie's like, this is an unforgivable error of the printer. Yeah, that's all he cared about was the smudge of the printer. I kind of like that line. Uh, it was really cute. Yeah. Like a, 
He's uh, committed to his craft. Yeah. I can appreciate that. And then young Ian walks around oh, the corner, yeah. and you are so happy to see him. Love young Ian. And they say, this is your cousin. And young Ian just gets the biggest smile on his face. And I thought, if I went back in time, I would want this little guy to smile at me as he shakes my hand. He just right. looks so happy to see her. And in true young Ian fashion, he just rolls with it. Yeah. He's like, do you... Young Ian, is it a little weird that you now have a like twenty-one-year-old cousin who's appeared out of the middle of nowhere in the United States with no accent whatsoever? And Young Ian's like, "Cool, let's roll." Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what he does. He is says, that what he did in the book? Again, super stupid. He says, "I've learned that it's don't question best things. Best not to ask questions about my auntie Claire." And that's basically like a nod to the audience. That's like we're not going to explain it, so just roll with it. That's what that line is. Maybe. So on the way to Fraser's Ridge, Jamie and Claire discuss the fire and their impending deaths. Mm -hmm. And Claire makes a great suggestion that says, well, why don't we just leave Fraser's Ridge every Sunday before January 21st for the next 10 years? Seems like a flawless plan. I thought so, too. Jamie kind of dismisses it. Jamie says, says every other flawless plan we've had has sucked. Yeah. So why would this flawless plan work? He's got a point. I mean, I guess he does. Said we haven't been able to change history up till now, so we're probably going to die in that fire. And then in the next scene, Brianna goes through the events with Claire mm-hmm. as they travel about her fight with Roger, right? And how he left. And you said that's not really how marriage works. It's not. It's really not. No, you don't get into a fight and then you just leave. You don't get to just leave when you're frustrated. That's right. You can't do that. I mean, I guess maybe that's how some people's marriages work, but I don't think they're going to be married for very long. And then, as they go along the riverboat, Brianna learns through a conversation with young Ian that Stephen Bunnett is the person who raped her. She already knew Stephen... Well, she No, she didn't know his name. Sorry, but she found out who he was. Right. And the the connection that she already had to her mummy and daddy. Yeah. Which was not a good one. Uh, Claire and Jamie have a conversation and Jamie said, I just wrote all these quotes down because I was so annoyed. Jamie says, I still can't believe that this Roger left her alone, close quote. It's a true story. Agreed, Jamie. Yeah. Agreed. Then one of my favorite scenes, the three of them go, because Jamie wants to show Brianna the view of Fraser's Ridge. You were annoyed at this scene. You're like, we've seen this so many times. It's like, how many times is he going to take somebody up there? This is Fraser's Ridge. And they're all like, it's so pretty. It is beautiful. And he's so proud of it. We've seen it three times. Did it with Willie. Did it with Claire. Claire. Did it with Brianna. Brianna. He's going to take Roger up there. John Quincy Myers is coming up. Joe Costa. Frank's going to come back from the dead. Joe Costa's blind. Look over the table. Well, all the more ridiculousness they would take her up there, but he's probably going to do it. Everybody's going up there at some point. So they point. look over the beautiful, beautiful scenery, yeah. and Brianna starts talking about Daniel Boone. Daniel Boone. He and the coonskin cap. This is one of my favorite scenes. Why? Well, because she's just sort of rambling on about, oh, he's someone who lived on the frontier, and he actually, he's living right now, and, and he'll be very famous, and... And then she just kind of looks over at Jamie and says, I don't really know. I'm sorry. And he smiles and says, it's fine. And Claire puts her arm around him and says, he's used to it. Yeah, they've been geeking out about history for years already. So. I thought it was such a sweet moment. Yeah. Did you like that moment? I don't know. I mean, I, I, you found it sweet at the time, and I'm still not really sure why, but I'm glad you liked it. I did. They take her to Fraser's Ridge. The first person she meets? Murdy. Murdy. Yeah. 
And do you know? Do you remember what he said? No, but it was something warm. What took you so long, Lass? Yeah, no, Murta is <laughs> great. Murta should have been in the book. <laughs> well, and that's point. what's so cool is these two characters in the book, of course, never meet, never met. That's right. So he's happy to meet her. They're at the dinner table. There's a moment where they're telling a story about Dougal, and Claire and Jamie just kind of lock eyes for a second. Yeah, they get really uncomfortable. And I wonder if they're like. Remember when, we killed, Remember when we killed him together? Your uncle? Yeah. Everyone tells stories. But Myrta uh-huh. knows, Myrta yeah. knows they killed him too. Right. But they still talk about him. Brianna's kind of looking off into the distance. And I just thought to myself, because I get very bad jet lag whenever I travel overseas. And I just right. thought, imagine the jet lag you'd feel in this situation and the culture shock. Would you get jet lag if you're on a boat for that long? It's a little more gradual. Plus, I don't think they had daylight savings time back then. That's a good then. point. Maybe it was just like morning and night. But it's probably just culture shock. Culture major, shock for sure. I mean, in a lot of ways. Shock. Like, massive culture shock. Yeah, and that's another thing that, that this show, that with this show that kind of just bugs me in general. Uh, we talked on it last week, but, you know, at this point, like, I stopped caring. Um, it's, it's, like, Brianna's acclamation to... Ye olden times is just like there's no acclamation. It's just like, oh, cool. Is this and how now I'm here? Is this how we do it? Is this what happens? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like, do I just, you know, like they don't touch on that at all. They're just like, and she went back in time and everything was cool. The end. Well, Claire does. They, Claire and her do have a moment later on. Because Claire oh, says yeah, to her, you can talk to me. I know this is strange. I know it's unusual. I know you're upset about Roger. You can talk to me about this. And Brianna, in frustration, says, well, there's really nothing I can do. It's not like I can phone him. So you can see that she's frustrated with with being in that time and that she is adjusting. I guess. I don't know. That just seemed more like a petulant pouty pants than it did adjusting to time travel. But whatever. That's fine. Well, and I just wanted to talk about a really sweet beat between Myrta and Jamie at the dinner table after Brianna leaves. Myrta says to Jamie, you've suffered enough pain in your life. I'm glad for you. Mm-hmm. That that she's here, and I thought that was a very sweet moment because Myrta is always looking out for Jamie. Yeah. And then there's a montage of Brianna getting accustomed to life on Fraser's Ridge. Feeding those damn goats. She's feeding the goats. Goats and don't feed themselves. The music in this season is the best music yet. Really, I love it. I'm tempted to hum it, except I do have a cold, mm-hmm. so I'm a little bit tone deaf. But it's just beautiful. It's the cold. And she helps with all the chores. And then they show her sleeping in the lodging cabin beside Lizzie. So you can see that lots of time is going by. Mm-hmm. They do a close-up to Jamie at the dinner table and he smiles happily at her. Right. It's a dream come true for him. It is. It really is. And what did you think of this montage? I mean... Does it make you want to live no. on Fraser's Ridge no, at all? No, it doesn't. You I love mean, goats. I think you would like that part. I mean, this is a perfect time to just... I, I mean, I, I haven't been glowing about this episode, but... Largely, with this entire episode, I found this episode to be just soul-crushingly boring. Slash heartwarming. Soul-crushingly boring. Slightly frustrating. But not for my usual reasons. And the reason I I actually this time feel... I'm not going to say I feel bad about it. But it's what I acknowledge that this episode, out of maybe almost all of the episodes, this episode... And not that any of them are, was not written for me. I can under, people like this episode, and I can understand. Like you love this episode, and I can understand why. It's not like oh, there's a bunch of like redonkulous, 
shirtless scenes and like bath water in the mouth and shit like that that's stupid um but i it's just a personal thing where i cannot it 58 minutes of people just sitting around and talking about their feelings which is awesome is just not what i'm looking for in any sort of form of entertainment so for me i just found this episode super slow and super boring all these scenes were super slow and super boring sorry but but that but i feel like in this particular episode that's more about just personal taste and opinion than it is about not good well and i think the other thing is is this episode was a real treat for people who are invested in these characters yeah like i love claire and jamie and I want them to be with their daughter, Brianna. Right. And I want I wanted Brianna to connect with Jamie. And I wanted Claire to see Brianna. And I want her to live on Fraser's Ridge with them. And get water out of the river with Myrta. And smile at young Ian, her cousin. Like, I just want her to live there and feed the goats. And I'm so happy for all of them that they're together, finally. Like, it was such a treat for someone who's truly invested in the characters. Yeah, this was like less of a of a TV episode and more of like a letter from your family telling you how good everything's going. It's like I don't want to read that either. I mean, I love my family, but Yeah. Okay, well in the next scene Claire suggests that they go hunting together, Jamie and Brianna. Right. And um Jamie goes into the sleeping lodge and he sees her smile in her sleep mm-hmm. just as he does. Yeah. Do you remember that Jamie does that in his sleep? I, no, I don't. <laughs> okay. Well, it's really significant. Great. And very, very sweet. Yeah. And Jamie, is it significant? And it is significant. Okay. Jamie and Brianna go hunting for bees. That's right. They do. With their guns. They and go bee hunting. Brianna tells him, because the, the reason why they're doing this and the reason Claire suggests it is because she says, you know, we've been dancing around, you two have been dancing around Frank. Frank, the whole time she's been here. There was a really tense, not tense, but like like pseudo, the only time there's actually something interesting happened in this episode was when they were both shooting and Jamie shoots and like Nick's a target and he seems pretty happy with himself. And then Brianna takes her gun and like smokes it bullseye and crushes it. And he's like, oh, that's really good. And she's like, like, yeah, my dad taught me. Which she no, had, he says, who taught you to shoot like that? And she says, my father, without yeah, even hesitating. With no, like, not even a hesitation as to what, like... And she doesn't seem to have the, like, the wherewithal to understand that that would actually hurt. Um, I don't think she's doing it necessarily maliciously, but she does do it with no hesitation or, or thought for Jamie. Yeah, and I will just say that there was a, there was a few complaints about that episode where we had all those flashbacks of Brianna and Frank. Yeah. But how it, it, it's so good to have that that back knowledge and that information yeah. when she says that, right? Because yeah. I believe that she had a relationship with him because I saw it. Yeah, I would have preferred it in season two, but it was necessary. So when they go hunting to get to know each other, yeah. Brianna knows exactly why Jamie says, like, do you want to come do this with me? And she admits, I feel disloyal to him even being here with you. And Jamie goes ahead and says, he's grateful to Frank. They have this, they have this big heart to heart. And he's like, I had to, I had to send Claire and I had to send Claire with you back to him, but I'm grateful to him. He obviously took great care of you. I mean, Claire, or not Claire, Jamie, 
Jamie's not stupid. That's the smart play. That's his only play. That's his only play. Like, that's the only thing he can say. Yeah. It, you know, he can't be like, well, he's not your real dad. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's <laughs> get some bees. Like, mm-hmm. that, no, it's, like, that's his only play. Mm-hmm. He's not stupid. He's a good negotiator. He wants to endear himself to Brianna. And he knows that, obviously, she cares about her father, so disparaging him isn't going to do any good. So yeah. that's his play, and he plays it. So good for you, Jay Fry. And Sam Hewen is so good playing father. Like, I don't know if you remember when they stopped for a second and he reaches in his bag and he immediately hands her an apple. Like, his first thing is yeah. just to provide her with food. It reminded me of the way he was with Willie. Yeah, Jamie the caregiver, I find much more um, compelling than Jamie the, um, like, dashing hero. You do? Yeah, I find it more believable. I feel like Sam Hewen is better playing Jamie, like, ye old Jamie, than he is playing strapping dashing jamie yeah i really think so did you like when he has his arm around her and he says you can call me da oh yeah that was a nice scene that was a nice scene yeah and she says is it gallic and he's like no it's just simple yeah like come on that is so sweet no no the the sam hewn stuff was strong in this episode it's been strong all season actually yeah it's been a great season for him Maybe he'll finally get that Golden Globe nomination <laughs> that he so deserves. Probably not. And then in another great scene, I love when he went back and he's talking to Claire that night in bed about his experience with Brianna and how he saw her smile in her sleep and how he, you know, their experience when they went to get the bees. And um, he basically says, I'm scared she's going to leave. Like, all he wants in the world is for her to stay, and he's so scared she's going to leave. Right. And rather than saying she won't, Claire says she belongs in her own time, that it's safer for her there, and there's more advantages for her there. Mm -hmm. So she basically pats him and says she can stay for a bit, but she does need to go back. Yeah. And I felt bad for him when she said that. Claire's totally fine cutting Brianna loose. She's cut her loose before. She'll cut her loose again. She's not really... She doesn't... I I still dare say that Jamie has probably more of an attachment to Brianna than Claire does. No. I think so. Well, anyway. So Brianna and Claire then, they go to pick herbs and they have a heart-to-heart. Is this before or after Brianna... Looks at the bird. Looks at the, like, the heavy-handed right bird thing. Yeah. Right before she sees Just a another, mummy like, bird feeding yeah, Feeding a baby, baby bird. Birds. It's like a feathered club to your face. Yes, that's right. That's Pretty, anyway. strong metaphor. Strong, strong metaphor. metaphor. Yeah. Well and done, guys. Claire got it. <laughs> Claire says, and Katrina Balf is great in this. I don't know if you remember, but they're sitting there digging herbs. Mm-hmm. And she kind of gives her a nervous look and then looks back down and says, okay, so I know you're upset about Roger. I do know that. But there's something else. Right. But she's like treading lightly, right? And uh, she guesses that she's pregnant. She is pregnant. Two months pregnant. She's two months pregnant. And so then... She's been there for a long time. Well, they've already one. mentioned she's been there for weeks. Yeah. Right? Eight. Eight weeks. Um, and then in an insolent scene when Claire says, didn't you use protection? And Sophie Skelton says, no, I didn't think I needed to pack condoms when I came back in time. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess she wasn't necessarily planning on having sex with anyone because, but I don't know, maybe no, she No, of course was. she wasn't. Of course she wasn't. She was just planning on coming back, finding Claire, 
and then returning. And she was planning on doing it within less than a year because the only reason she wanted, the only reason she thought she'd be there for longer than a year is if she didn't make it back. Right. Remember? Because that's why she gave the woman the letter and said, only give this to him if it's been over a year. I mean, you got to be safe. Like, you never know who you're going to meet. But you can't be like, sorry, just let me rip this package open and show you this. You just say it's from France. It's new. It's new. Okay. People were stupid back then. They would have understood it. Well, they weren't stupid, but they were easily convinced. You, you know, like, it would have, like, be a little smarter. Right. Well, anyway, so she tells Claire she's pregnant. It may not be Rogers. I also would have taken a gun. You a mentioned gun that. And a a gun and a condom. And then you'd be all ready for totally time set. travel. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so Claire learns she's pregnant. It might not be Rogers. She's been raped. Right. Whose is it? She doesn't say. No, I know. She doesn't say because she doesn't want Jamie to feel guilty. Right. Then Claire goes up to Jamie that night and says, I need to tell you something about Brianna. And Jamie, with his amazing glasses, pulls them off and just says, she wants to go back. Yeah. That's all he's thinking about. It's his worst fear. Right. Up to that point. She explains. No, in fact. No, it's bad news bears. She's been raped. She's pregnant. It's bad news, totally. And then guess who... Rides up to Fraser's Ridge. The next day. The very next day. Well, and we saw a little bit of Roger on the ship, too. Yeah. And we saw him ask for a gemstone instead of... Right. This is actually something I... Yeah, thank you, because I didn't want to forget about this. I thought that was really interesting. It's interesting, because he only asked for one. So was Well, that he asked for a couple. He did ask for a couple. He did said, he? instead of getting paid, could I have a couple of those gemstones? Oh, okay. And Stephen Bunnett says, you can have a small one. So he just gave him one little gemstone but he wanted two gemstones okay one for he and one for brie brie i assume so that's that's what made me think he wasn't coming back to like make up he was coming back to basically get her and be like you're coming back to scotland modern version yeah yeah except maybe he would have done it in a super romantic way and apologized for being a big jerk before very possibly we'll never know so he rides up Along, he's got a map and he's on his way to Fraser's Ridge. And yeah. Lizzie and young Ian see him. And what do you think of the budding romance between Lizzie and young Ian? I mean, I'm just going to go ahead and say those are two homely kids. So good for them. They found each other in the world. And maybe, uh, maybe two homely kids can make a pretty baby. Good for them. I don't like Lizzie. I like young Ian. I think he can do better. I don't think... Either of them are homely. I don't think they're putting any makeup on the girl that plays Lizzie. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's tough to be yeah. on camera with no makeup. And young Ian is very sweet looking. Okay, whatever. I'm not going to shame him, but they're both homely. Okay, so they are... You, only because you asked. They I? have a budding romance, and they are walking along. Yeah. They see Roger. Yeah, and Lizzie freaks the fuck out because she's she like, does. that's Rapey Jim. Because, of course, last episode, there was the misunderstanding. Oh, boy. The great misunderstanding of Lizzie, where she thinks that it was Roger who, you know, because there was the skirmish outside, and uh, it's so cliche, it just hurts me to watch. It hurts you. So, she goes up to Jamie, and what hurt me was the amount of details she gave Jamie. She says, I just saw Rapey Jim, and he, I'm certain it was him, and I know that he raped her because I'm her maid, and she had blood and bruises, and also I could smell his seed on her. It's like, okay. That's gross. We get it. How do you know what his seed smells like? That's what I want to know. We get it. But, Lizzie, like, does her dad virgin? need those details? Like, no. how about just 
this guy's bad news. Yeah. He hurt her. That was deep. That was that was a deep explanation. Yeah, and Jamie's just like all the blood yeah. drains from his face. Flies off the handle. Did you know what was going to happen here? I mean, I had a pretty good idea. That's exactly what I thought was going to happen, yeah. Okay. Did you think he would do it as badly as he did it? I thought he would kill him. So, yeah, I was like, because I actually said, are they going to, is he going to kill Roger? Um, and then, yeah, because he sends Lizzie back to the house and he's like, don't breathe a word of this to my wife. So Yeah, why not? Because he knows that Claire has taken an oath to not harm anyone and he's going to go harm someone on purpose. Right. Claire would come and try and stop him. And he does not want to be stopped. Also, Claire would recognize her friend Roger from season two. Well, that's just a fortuitous, heavy-handed storytelling mechanic. That's not, uh, that has nothing to do with logic. Right. So the moment that Jamie is storming towards Roger is the same moment where they show Claire going and getting Brianna's clothes. And she learns Mm -hmm. about the ring and she approaches Brianna and says it's Stephen Bonnet and Brianna says promise me you won't say anything well too late anyway so. too late anyways and then Jamie ad- attacks Roger what did you think of this scene I mean it was exactly like I said what I thought was going to happen he basically just walks up and beats the living Roger shit didn't out even well and I don't know if you noticed but Roger's like Ooh, good afternoon. Good afternoon, good sir. Yeah. Jamie just walks up and sucker punches him right in the... any idea where I could... Like, he couldn't Thump. sound yeah. more... And, and he doesn't even fight back. He literally right. doesn't even, like... It's not good sense, because if you see, there's, like, this, like, tall, angry-looking Scotsman, like, storming at you, guns ablaze, and it's like, smarten up, Roger. Well, I think he was looking down at his map, and then he just looked up. Right, maybe. It Unfortunately, uh. for Roger, Roger has actually spent months and months and months tracking that guy, right? He's the one that was helping Mm -hmm. Claire find him through Ardsmere Prison. Mm -hmm. He's the one that tracked him down. Roger is the reason why Jamie and Claire reunited. He found the print shop. Well, Jamie is the reason why Roger now has a pudding for a face. It was gross. He beat the crap out of him. Yeah, he really pounded the piss out of him. And then someone drove by and Jamie, like, hit him behind a tree. And he was like, Ian, get rid of him. And I like Ian's like, should I kill him? Like, Ian's like right in there. What do you need me to do, Uncle Jamie? Kill him? That's fine. You have a time-traveling daughter out of fucking nowhere? Cool. Like, whatever. Like, young Ian is just in it to win it. Whatever Jamie and Claire say, he's in. The two of them push him onto the horse. Mm -hmm. Roger is like a... Floppy doll. Yeah, he's a man pizza. And they ride off. Well, Ian takes him off. Yeah, to hell knows where. Yeah, Jamie says, just get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And that's end the end, 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 of, end of scene, mercifully. Loin points. I mean, I'm torn. I didn't like anything about this episode, and I found it wicked boring. But like I said, I really feel like I found it boring for maybe unfair reasons in this case because it's just not what I want to see but they're not writing it for me so that's kind of irrelevant I know you really liked it and from what I've seen on the interwebs other people have enjoyed it so but it did still suck so I'm going to give it 14.7 loin points Okay. do you want to know what I would give it? 100 100 I know. 100 loin points. This episode... Fred's didn't give it more, actually. No. This episode, I would say, is a perfect episode of Outlander. Oof. It is right up there with Freedom and Whiskey, with The Wedding, with The Garrison Commander, 
with the pilot episode even? No. With both sides now? I don't even know when any of these episodes are. But with I know with the pilot. Through a glass darkly <laughs> from season two? Scanner darkly? Through a glass darkly. Scanner it's reads? the first episode of season two and okay. it is wonderful. Yeah, okay. This anyway. is a fantastic episode. It's a strong episode. I'll take your word for Significant it. Significant things happen. My favorite characters are in it. Well, all the characters are in it, except for Frank. He's dead. I know. I miss him. Sorry. What was your favorite scene? Boo. Uh, my favorite scene was... Let me think about it. You tell me yours first. Okay, so my favorite scene was when... They were overlooking Fraser's Ridge and Brianna was talking about Daniel Boone and Jamie giggled and said, it's fine. That's right. Because it was so sweet. I knew the answer to that already. I forgot you really liked that. Uh, I guess when, I guess by default, it's when Brianna meets Claire again. Yeah, that was sweet. Runs into Claire. I would say that was it. I also really liked when she saw Jamie. No, I know you did. Piss mints. Yeah. Yeah. MVP. Uh, Rolo? I don't know. Young Ian? He's charming, if not just incredibly, stupidly loyal. I just like him. Yeah? I guess. Default. Ian. My MVP would be Sam Hewen. Okay, great. Because he was fantastic in this. What was your least favorite scene? Mm, Piss mints. Pissmits reunion. Yeah, you were very thrown off by that. Yeah, because it was a big scene, and I really think they fucked it right up. That's how. That's exactly how it was written in the book, though. And if they had done it any well, other way, care. people would have been upset. They've changed a lot of other things, and this is one that they should have changed. This is one that someone should have looked at it and been like, "No, this is bad." He can't be peeing. He can't. Like, they they resurrected a whole character. Like, they've done a bunch of other massive changes. Like, they have the poetic license to go in there and change whatever they want. And like I said, all they had to been doing was, like, putting something in a bag or in a barrel or in a wagon or any other old-timey thing. Like, it was it, it was just a bad choice. Like, shows like this go through enough hands that someone should have been like, Hey, guys, that was not really cool. Like, it, it was just, it was distracting. It wasn't... I didn't hate it because it was stupid, which it was. There's lots of stupid things in this show. It was that they took a really important moment, like a really important moment, and then put something stupid in it for no reason. Well, there is a reason. It's in the book. No. Okay. The book aside, I don't care about the book. Okay. For me, this is a scene that was built up for seasons and seasons and seasons. Well, two anyway. And they basically took it and ruined it by putting something weird weird in it. Yeah. I can see that. With no motivation. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, so that was your least favorite scene. Absolutely. So my least favorite scene was when he was beating up Roger, because that was very graphic. And while I was disappointed in the portrayal of Roger in the last episode, he's still one of my favorite characters, and it's hard to see his face get smashed in like that. I bet. I don't even know how they did the makeup for that. Like, was that not Richard Rankin? I I don't know. It looked like him. It's a lot of puffy eye makeup. So that was my least favorite scene. All right. Well, I wonder what's going to happen next week. What do you think is going to happen? I mean... I'm very curious because something is... Ha- like, lots of stuff yeah, is going to happen. I There's mean, only four episodes left. In a perfect world, they throw Roger in a ditch. They all live happily ever after the end. 
Brianna but meets someone really nice. Meets someone. Maybe she hooks up with John Quincy Myers. Who and um, and they just yeah that'd be nice. And then they all just like have picnics every day. No, know? but what do you what realistically do you think is gonna happen? I mean, I know something happens with Roger and the natives, and I because I've seen enough spoilers now. I don't really know what happens, but um, I'm sure it'll be annoying. Well, I'm gonna tell you. That something's going to happen to one of your beloved characters. (gasps) Rolo! What's going to happen to Rolo? We'll see. We'll see what happens. shit. Stay tuned. We only have four episodes left of this season. Heartbreak! Yeah, heartbreak. Then Droughtlander begins again. Sure does. Well, this was really good. Thank you for doing this with me because I know... I know this one was a challenge. It was a challenge. But you it's know what? It's a challenge because I loved it so you did. much. You did. And I try. I really did try not to rail too hard on this episode because I, this is one that I actually felt bad about because, yeah, like I said, I know it wasn't for me. So if you're out there and you liked it, I'm sincerely and genuinely happy for you. Yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful episode for Outlander fans. All right, that's it. Join that's us it. next week for yet another edition of Loinlander, the most unofficial Outlander podcast on the internet or anywhere in a year like 2019 okay. thanks for listening everyone bye